I want everything I do to matter, even if it's a mistake. If we make a mistake, does it count? Have we learned from it? Have we moved faster? That's inspired leadership. It's not being perfect. It's about having everything you do matter. Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. We're back, and it's great to have you back as well, right here on the Inspiring Leaders podcast, brought to you by Ubiquity.coach. I'm your host, Terry Lepofsky, and it's a pleasure to be with you here today. We've got lots to cover, so let's jump straight in. As an executive coach, I've been involved in several organizational turnarounds where a board or an executive team recognized that change was needed for the future health of their organization. There's nothing easy about organizational turnaround. It requires weeks, months, or even years of challenging planning with both individuals and groups. And of course, cultural change necessitates careful strategic planning, tactical flexibility, and strong execution. Now imagine for a second taking this mandate to a large organization like a university. Despite all the academic research that happens in post-secondary education, the culture can be highly resilient to change. Today, we're setting our sights on change and innovation in higher education by discussing strategic leadership with a fantastic guest, Dr. Martha Saunders. Dr. Saunders is the president of the University of West Florida. She has an amazing track record, having worked in higher education over three decades serving in academic and leadership roles in the universities of Florida, Georgia, Wisconsin, and Mississippi. Speaking of strategy, her vision for the University of West Florida is no slouch. It is to grow it beyond a regional university and to be a recognized leader in innovation and cutting-edge academic programs, and they're succeeding. Dr. Saunders is passionate about creating innovative solutions to deal with dynamic challenges facing higher education today. Dr. Saunders, a huge welcome and thank you for joining us right here on the Inspiring Leaders Show. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, I just love hearing those South accents. They sound absolutely <laughs> lyrical. <laughs> Some people call it Magnolia Mail. Part of our tradition here on the Inspiring Leaders Show is we like to learn a little bit about our guests by hearing about what drives them. So here's my first question. Who or what inspires Dr. Martha Saunders? You know, that's always hard to answer. I like a good puzzle. Ever since I was a kid, where you take pieces that don't make sense and you make them make sense. As a professional and certainly in my work that I do now, uh, strategic challenges just keep me revved up. How do we take the pieces that we have, the limitations that we have, and put them together into something meaningful that drives us forward? And that inspires me. You have a solving gene in your body. I do. Well, as I mentioned, shifting an organization can be challenging. It's kind of like moving a mountain. But the complexities of change leadership within a university strike me as being extremely complex. Out of the many things that have impressed me that you truly are an inspiring leader, there's something that I saw on the University of West Florida's website that really caught my attention. 
It's a banner that says, Creating the Next Generation of Big Thinkers. University of West Florida is equipping future leaders to change the world. Well, that is big. That's the kind of goal that inspires people, the kind of thing that people get out of bed for. So this is the kind of perspective that we love showcasing right here on the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'd love it if you could provide some context for us. How did you come to reimagine the future of higher education for the University of West Florida? And what is this vision that has the entire world of higher education buzzing? We had a wonderful opportunity in our 50th anniversary. The year I became president was the year we celebrated 50 years as a university. Wow. And so that's kind of a natural time. There's usually a big celebration and lots of parties and things that commemorate the event. But it also gave us a really good time to pause and say, okay, we've been here 50 years. Where are we really? What have we accomplished? What do we want to do from this point on? And as luck would have it, our foundation was running a capital campaign that they were calling Sea Change, like a sea change. Yeah. And we, I said, if we're going to change, if we're going to transform, what's that going to look like? It was very gratifying to look at how well we've done in our first 50 years. We've built academic programming. I've been in lots of places, and I would hold us up for quality against anywhere. There is a culture here, partly because we have lots of people that work here that remember the day we opened our doors. And so there was a longstanding culture that I call frontier spirit that is unique. We started collecting those things that we are and that we want to preserve and continue to do. And then we started looking at the landscape in higher ed. You know that it's changing. There is a great deal more accountability. We have to be able to move fast. Now, this is going to surprise you. Universities don't move real fast. And we said, we can. We can because of the momentum we have going. We don't have a lot of competitive advantages. We're not the oldest school in the state. We are not the largest. We are by far not the richest, but we are the most agile. We can turn on a dime. Oh, isn't that a great way to look at it? That's what matters. That's what matters because industry is changing. You know, society is changing. And if we are able to adapt, that is an advantage for us that others don't have. So what we came up with, we need a vision, but we said we are a spirited community of learners. We're not teachers and students. We're learners here. And we're spirited because if you knew any of us, you would easily recognize that. Mm-hmm. Spirited community of learners launching the next generation of big thinkers who will change the world. I love it. What I loved about it is that I can operationalize that. I can measure the spirit and the activity of our faculty. I can measure the impact that our students make on the world when they leave. We know what they do. We know where they go. We know whether they get jobs or not and in what areas. We make sure while they're here that they get what I call the 
high-impact experiences that turns them into those big thinkers. If all they know is what they get in the classroom, that's well and good, but we make sure that they have the opportunity to have experiences that set them apart. When their resume is lined up against others on the hiring desk, have they had an experience that really sets them apart? It may be study abroad. It may be internships. We are very, very high on undergraduate research. We've set goals that every student will have at least two when they graduate. We've set high goals for ourselves, and we think that our goals are our ceiling. And you're not going to do any better than what you set out to do. So we've set some pretty lofty goals. It's permeated the environment. It really seems to have energized an already energetic group of people. So you've got not only the professors moving in the same direction, but the students as well through the research that they're doing. That's right. And the students have really keened to this. You know, they come, I tell people often, you really can't have a bad day on a college campus. You can have a hard day. Yeah. But we're surrounded by hope. You're surrounded by people that have got big plans for their lives. They don't know what it is. It's big, you know, and so right. we uh, they're working on their future when they can invest in their own future by signing in to some of the opportunities we have for them, then they're going to be even more energized. We're not feeding them, I call it the baby bird syndrome. They're not just opening their mouths and we're shoving stuff into it, they are partners with us, and it's showing in the students have wonderful ideas. And we're adopting them and off we go. It sounds to me like it's not just them working on their own brighter future, but they're working towards the betterment of other people as well by working on their future. Now, that is something that's probably highly engaging. And I'm sure that you've got students all over the place who are scrambling to try to get into the University of West Florida. We have a lot of attention these days, and I think they want to be a part of it. I tell parents, I say, for heaven's sake, when your child is making that decision, take them to lots of places because the last thing you want is for them to make a mistake and not be in a place where they will thrive. And a lot of that comes from just the atmosphere. We are not the school for every single person, but we're the right place for a lot of people. And that's starting to show. I really like how you've taken a hard look at what it is that you've got in your favor. You said you're not the oldest university in Florida. You're not the largest university in Florida, but you are the most agile. And I love the way that you've looked at that because just about anything out there that you can look as a detriment, if you look at it from another angle, there's some way of finding something very valuable inside. I think so. And this has resonated with this campus. I think. We're moving in the right direction, and that agility is paying off. That doesn't mean we're being reckless, but it does mean we're being innovative and we try new things. And I am the first to say, well, that didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have to be cemented in to the organizational structure. We try things, they work, then we do cement them into the organizational structure. If we don't, we say, well, we learned a lot. Let that go and try some new things. You've got that growth mindset going on at an organizational level then, do you? 
we do. We're not really about bigger. We're about better. And then being the right place for this region, for this state, for the needs of today, it will change. And we want to be in front of that change. Someone asked me one time, what do you want your university to be known for? I said, I want us to be the university of the next big thing. I want us to be right where it's happening. And I couldn't tell you what it is because it hasn't happened yet. But we need to be ready with our academic programs to be preparing the students for the world they're going into, not the one we came out of. You're looking towards the future. And at this point in history, I would say that this is the right formula because things are changing now faster than they ever have. But I've seen some stats on this, which I won't quote because I'm sure I'll get it wrong. By the way, I heard that 93% of all statistics are made up on the spot. That's <laughs> probably true. Yeah, I just made that up. Yeah. But I think at this point in time, lifelong learning is a highly important perspective to take. But when it's focused, like you're doing at the University of West Florida, this is where it becomes highly powerful. When it's concentrated, when it's aimed in the right direction, and when everybody is on board and working towards it, the professors, the academic staff, the students, everybody in between, this to me is a very powerful combination. It makes the difference. We've identified who we are, and that matters. You can only be what you can be. I can go to all the conferences in the world and learn best practices, but if it's not right for this place and this generation of student and this cohort of students, then it's wasted effort. Right. Is there a message that you'd like to get out to students who've been looking at your university or even to prospective faculty? One of the messages we send loud and clear to our incoming faculty, the faculty we're recruiting, as well as our students, is we can get you where you need to be and where you want to go. Our faculty tell us that they come here because they can make their mark. And our students who, I call them the golden kids, yeah. so, you know, the ones that just take everything you offer and then some, Yeah. they say, I can make my mark here because we give them lots of room, lots of room to be entrepreneurial. Lots of room to come up with a new idea. We'll say, well, let's give that a try. We set parameters. We're going to give this a three-year try. If that doesn't work, then we'll go do something else. But the faculty in particular have really resonated with the opportunities they get here to almost carve their own path. They have lots of room to develop themselves. That makes the difference. And it also makes a difference with our students. Not so long ago, I asked the deans of the program that we're really pushing, I said, just tell me the names of some of your best students, not the ones that make the best grades per se, but the ones that are just, you know, like I said, the golden kids. Yeah. So I invited the kids over and I bought them pizza lunch. And I said, I have two questions. Who's your favorite teacher and why? Hmm. And they started talking. And then my next step was to interview those teachers and say, what brought you here, what keeps you here, and what feeds you? That's how we started learning more about ourselves and the thing about us that others don't have. 
And that is this opportunity to make their mark. Yeah, this is fascinating to me. It's that one-to-one personal connection where you're telling people that they matter and then you're asking them what keeps them there. You're getting right to the heart of what's motivating them and what they find that's valuable to them. It's brilliant. And we've learned a ton. Even though you kind of think you know your place, until you hear it in someone else's words, you don't. I really love the approach that you're taking, and I love what's happening at the University of West Florida. And I've got a couple more questions for you, if you're okay with that. Okay, sure. Here's one that I'm going to alter a little bit. Often I ask our guests what advice they can offer to leaders out there today. I'm going to twist this a little bit for you. What advice would you offer to other educational leaders out there today? Well, that that depends. If they are up-and-comers, the ones that they may be on the front end of their career and they see higher ed as their future, I would tell them to learn every aspect of their industry. We tend to track people with their faculty. We tend to kind of track them on faculty lines. And if they're they finance people, they stay in a little silo. But they need to learn the entire business. Faculty need to learn what it takes to build a dormitory. Student affairs people need to understand the challenges in the classroom. Finance people need to learn the human resource side of things. And the more they know about how it all fits together, the more valuable they will be on that campus. And so I watched the up-and-comers and the ones that are thriving are the ones that make it their business to learn other things besides just their job. Mm-hmm. And then for someone who is a new president, I would say, for heaven's sake, ask for help when you need it. I've seen way too many new presidents who think they need to know everything. They think they have to have all the answers. They need to be able to say, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but I don't know how to solve this. And to either cultivate a group of colleagues that they feel comfortable calling or your board chair or someone who has a stake in your success. And don't hesitate to ask for help. Too many don't and too many live to regret it. Very good advice. Here's my last question for you. This one pertaining to the show. What does inspired leadership mean to you? Inspired leadership means you wake up every morning thinking about that job and thinking about what good you can do that day. For me, I don't start my day out thinking, okay, I want everything to go right. I want to win a bunch of prizes. I want everything I do to matter, even if it's a mistake. If we make a mistake, does it count? Have we learned from it? Have we moved faster? That's inspired leadership. It's not being perfect. It's about having everything you do matter. I love it. I love the humility that you represent. The real down-to-earth, feet-on-the-ground humility. The vision that you put forward for the University of West Florida. The focus that you bring to that organization. And in particular, what I'm hearing about those interpersonal skills, sitting down with people and having those little conversations that are so big in the larger scope of things. It's an amazing thing that I'm hearing, that I'm seeing coming out of that area. I'm right there with you and I'm cheering you on. Thank you so much. 
You've given us a lot to think about, and as we consider how to apply this to the challenges that need to be made within our own organizations and our own lives. So thank you so much for taking time away from your day and sharing this with all of us here on the Inspiring Leaders Podcast. It's been fantastic. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again. There we have it. World-class perspectives from a world-class leader, Dr. Martha Saunders, President of the University of West Florida. A big thank you to our show sponsor, Ubiquity Coaching at ubiquity.coach. And for all of our new listeners, make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. We've got you covered. You just have to subscribe to join the tribe. Thanks for making us a part of your day today. Take care, everyone, and bye for now.